Our first reading for this afternoon is from the 39th chapter of Ezekiel. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn you about and drive you forward and bring you up from the uttermost parts of the north and lead you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will strike your bow from your left hand and will make your arrows drop out of your right hand. You shall fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your hordes and the peoples who are with you. I will give you to birds of prey and every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall in the open field, for I have spoken, declares the Lord God. I will send fire on Magog and on those who dwell securely in the coastlands, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let my holy name be profaned any more. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is coming and it will be brought about, declares the Lord God. That is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and make fires of the weapons and burn them, shields and bucklers, bow and arrows, clubs and spears. And they will make fires of them for seven years so that they will not need to take wood out of the field or cut down any out of the forests. For they will make their fires of the weapons. They will seize the spoil of those who despoiled them and plunder those who plundered them, declares the Lord God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the seventh and eighth chapters of Romans. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, 
Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children... Then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation with the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. What is the third petition? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In this third petition, it answers a challenge a lot of Christians wrestle with. Uh, they often wonder to themselves, what is, what is God's will for my life? I hear that in a lot of Younger Christians, older Christians, people wonder, that. what does God want for my life? And I would say that the, the answer to this is actually very, very simple. It's very plain and, and forward, and it's right here in this third petition. It says, God's will is done, meaning God's will for our lives, when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is what God wants for all of our lives. And the Apostle Paul was talking about this very thing today because he was getting to, down to the very essence of it, of, of how Christ works in his, his life. And what I love about Paul is that there is some some brutal honesty with him. And what I mean by this is he, he gets to the very essence of it at the beginning of this passage in Romans where he said this. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 
Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You know, Paul, I love this section because Paul articulated what every single Christian wrestles with. That we wrestle in the faith. That even though we know God's commandments, we know what God's will is for our lives, what he wants, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? To follow all of the Ten Commandments, even though we want to, we don't. I mean, this is our daily life. This is our daily struggle. And Paul was brutally honest about that. That even though God's will for his life is that Christ would break and hinder every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, that sometimes we give in to the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Martin Luther talked about this. He had this one quote. He said, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. And people misquote it all the time, like saying, so yes, if I'm going to go sin, I should just go all out, right? No. Basically, what Luther was saying is, recognize your sin. Recognize the depths of it. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't deny it. I meet Christians all the time, usually in more evangelical denominations that will try to deny that they're a sinner. Try to not admit it. I say embrace it, not love it, recognize it, don't deny it. Be brutally honest with yourself. Why? Why should we be brutally honest? Sometimes it's great to live in the state of denial, right? Be brutally honest, I always say. Paul said be brutally honest. That's what he articulated here, the very thing we all wrestle with. Luther said to be brutally honest. Admit those things we wrestle with. Why? Because it's only then that Christ, that we can see fully what Christ has really done for us and the depths he's gone to to save us who sometimes easily give in to the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. After the Apostle Paul talked about, what do, what do I do? I'm wrestling with all this. He said this, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. What I love about being brutally honest with my own sins and encouraging Christians to be brutally honest with their own is that it's then that you can see for yourself the full extent of what Christ did for you on the cross. Because it's on that cross he went to to cover everything single sin we have ever done. And how are you going to ever fully appreciate everything he's done for us if you're going to sugarcoat your own sins or try to deny them or gloss them over? That's like saying, Jesus, you wasted your time. I don't have any sins to atone for. He didn't need to do that. But he did need to do that. And he wanted to do that. And he wanted to do that for every single sin we have ever done and every sin we've ever wrestled with. Because that's who he is. That's why he came in the flesh. And that's why he died for us. 
so that we could live. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.